0: And welcome to Minutes with MM.
1: <laughs> Today I want to talk about a show we both really, really like. Uh, we have a lot to say about this show. It did cause quite a bit of controversy <laughs> when it came out. And the show is called Little Fires Everywhere.
0: Before we dive into the topics we have, let's talk a little bit about the show. So for those who haven't watched the show, Little Fires Everywhere is a TV show based on a book. Um, The show follows two lead characters who are both mothers and we see how they navigate their lives and the relationships they have and the people that they meet along the way. Um, The main difference is one is rich and white and one is poor and black, and we see how that affects their very similar yet different realities. These two mothers are played by fantastic
1: actresses, so uh, the black mother, called Mia, she is played by Kerry Washington, and then the white mother, Elena, she's played by Reese Witherspoon, who I love so much. Um, but yeah, one of the major themes we see throughout the show is just like the struggles of motherhood, and you know how women deal with how their lives change when they have kids or when they don't have kids. So let's start with Mia Warren, who is played by Kerry Washington. Um, the show really begins with her like living in her car with like her teenage daughter Pearl, and um, at the end of towards the end of the show, we get to find out how she had Pearl. Um, so this had to do with surrogacy. Um, she growing up, she really wanted to go to art school, and she needed money to go there. And her parents were in supportive of her like. Going to art school, so she really needed money, and that is how she got into the situation where, uh,
0: middle class, right? Middle class, I mean, honestly, they were rich, their house okay. was big. A rich, those, I mean, rich in those days, what year was that? Uh, 1980 something. No, but they had money, their house was fancy. Also, okay. they were basically doing, oh, but you know what? They didn't do IVF, they were literally just inseminating her, so I guess technically that didn't cost any money, but that house was nice. Okay, so a very rich black family reached out to this.
1: Teenage girl on the subway. First of all, he stalked her. Imagine being stalked by a man and then finding out that he was just like, so she was being stalked by this man, and when she turned around to scream or to like spray him with pepper spray, he was like, he goes, Oh, I'm so sorry to have startled you, you know. Like, you just look so much like my wife, <laughs> and so we need you to have a baby. Yeah, anyway, she was very desperate and they offered her twelve thousand dollars that this role was played by Jesse Williams, and he, you know, when you're light skinned, you feel like you can just get away with anything, you know. How do you do that? How do you approach a teenage girl, and and it's like, oh, I want to pay you twelve thousand dollars to have my child because me and my uh, me and my wife can't have children. Um, but yeah, that's how it starts, and she later agrees because she's in a desperate situation. And when she has the child, she runs away with the child, leaving the family kind of stranded. They have, they literally have no legal rights.
0: You know in this situation I mean, he probably him. has legal rights because he's the biological dad but the oh, mom yeah, doesn't that's true but i will say like that's kind of like this beginning of i think Mia's perfect for two ends of like being a mother so her storyline is both kind of the infertility storyline with Jackson, oh, I was about to call him Jackson Avery, Jesse Williams, uh, Jesse Williams's wife's character. I'm so sorry, I don't know her name. It feels like, oh, you you really stood here and acted and I don't remember your character's name, but um, she and her husband want to have a baby, they can't have a baby, and they choose to find a teenager to impregnate. And I just want to point out a couple of things here. So in this scenario, Jesse is fertile because they use his sperm and it does end up with a healthy pregnancy so again i think this really feeds into our theme of motherhood because the person who individually in the couple is dealing with infertility is the woman um, so they look for a girl who looks like her that was the reason he approaches um yeah, they're still trying to have a relationship even though this child's not going to be biologically related to her they're looking for someone who can give them a child that looks like them um and at the time they meet mia she's like what she's 17. she's a virgin so she's never had sex and um slight spoiler alert for the rest of the show she does end up dating a woman so i don't think they ever specify her sexuality but it's very likely that she's not even into men so they get this teenager and they do the turkey baster method and if you don't know what that is they put his semen in in a turkey baster and then the intended mother put it into Mia, you do with that information what you will, um, so she will be fertilized, get pregnant, basically, and, like, there are so many ethical concerns with everything that they've done here. They don't involve a lawyer, they don't have any papers mm-hmm. drawn up, they don't really explain what the reality of this is, again, to a child who's like, yeah, I'm gonna get money and go to school. Yeah. Um, and I think that's an example of how desperate people can be when it comes to infertility, which is something we see later on with Linda. Um, and before we move on to Linda, I just want to point out that Pearl is a 17 year old who thinks she's going to get money and give away baby. And it's no big deal. And it's so easy. And things happen in her life. Um, her brother dies, some other things, but her keeping the child to me is not a wrong. Like she was pregnant for nine months and then had a baby and was like, I want to keep my baby. And then she spends, the next 17 years moving from state to state, scared that she's gonna get caught. But, like, has she done anything wrong? Was she not tricked by grown ups, adults who tell her it's okay for her to give away a child before she's ever had sex? That's uh-huh. an insane thing.
1: Uh-huh. Um, it's weird because why is 17 year old? Because look, they look like your
0: wife. No, but like, you know what? It's because they wanted someone young, they wanted someone manipulated. Like, yeah, you could never get a 35 year old to do this,
1: exactly. So, um. <laughs> that's weird. And so, she's on the run with her child which means like they don't stay in any city for a long period of time so they keep moving from cities to cities and it's also you know an artsy thing you know she she finds art and inspiration in the cities and for Pearl that's just kind of annoying because she never gets to be grounded she never gets to like call a place home and like make friends and actually socialize like you know like normal teenage girls (laughs) exactly and it's also like they also kind of live in their cars sometimes and to Pearl, it's just because they are struggling. And to Pearl, she basically thinks of her mom as like her best friend, someone who's struggling and like who would do anything to feed her. And then, you know, spoiler alert, I mean, at this point, it's just all spoilers. But we later find out that, you know, she is living in poverty by choice <laughs> because she is a big artist and
0: she has like really good paintings that she can sell whenever she feels like the cause is right. So that's a little bit about. Mia's introduction to parenthood and motherhood and what that was, which again, super unethical. And although she has a lot of flaws as a mother to Pearl, I wanna point out all of her running and the instability that Pearl faces Basically starts with the fact that she was a teenager at the beginning who didn't know what she was getting into. Realistically speaking, she didn't actually have to run for 17 years. Like, she she would have rights to that child. There was no legal paperwork, and she's biologically the mother of a child she wants to raise. Mm -hmm. She probably would have had to have a custody kind of division between her and Jesse's character. Potentially, they probably could have gone a bit more because they did have money to win a court case. But at the... after 17 years, they're not going to take your child away from you. But she doesn't even know that she's still living with all this fear and panic yeah. that she's going to get caught, which doesn't justify all of her parenting choices. But again, is why you shouldn't approach a 17 year old and go, "Hey, have my baby for me." Um, but looping back to infertility, which is what puts me in this situation. We have another character in the show named Linda, who is, I guess, "quote unquote" best friends with Elena, but like best friends in the way where you hate your best friend. So maybe frenemy, but that's not even the point. Yeah, Elena <laughs> is
1: the uh, white rich woman living in, you know, suburban uh, Ohio.
0: (laughs) Ohio? Is that where they live? Yeah, it was Shaker
1: Heights, (laughs) an actual city in Ohio.
0: Um, So as I mentioned, um, Linda is Elena's best friend, and that's how we're introduced to her as a character. We find out that she has been struggling with infertility basically for the entirety of their friendship. And considering at the time the show starts, her oldest kid is like 18, so basically for 20 years. Linda has been trying to have a baby. Um, We actually get to see a little clip of her and her husband in a hospital room, operation room a while ago where it seems like she's lost a pregnancy. So they've had multiple losses. They've been trying to get pregnant. It's something that didn't happen. And at the time that we meet her, she has adopted a baby uh, called Mirabelle. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, and throughout the entire story of the show, which includes side characters that we'll talk about a little bit, um, we learn about the birth mother of the baby she's adopted, and we see the lengths that she's willing to go to keep this baby that she feels that she has earned with her years of infertility. Um, Miss Anne brought up that Elena also has four kids, which we you know, they're the main characters of the show. But part of that, her having those four kids, is that we see an interesting dynamic between Alina and Linda, where Linda is like red, not ridiculously emotions are complex life is difficult but she's extremely jealous of elena's life and the fact that she has these four healthy children that she kind of takes for granted um, yeah. we see kind of a flashback at a point where they're having dinner together and they're drinking and elena doesn't have anything to drink and then she goes to throw up and linda like has a mini break on the table she's like not again not again pregnant <laughs> again. again she is a fertile myrtle she keeps getting babies she keeps catching the sperm we don't know how we don't know why yeah, and
1: it's just interesting like i know infertility is such a sensitive topic for a lot of women but um i just kind of wrap my head around like the lengths women go to sometimes to get to just have a baby because like the entire saga we will talk about like the court case and everything like later on in the show but like the entire saga just made me feel like. You would actually think she gave birth to this baby. You found this baby outside in fire, like fire station. station, and now like she, you, you just gave her a different name. Like, and fair enough, fair enough. Like, I mean, that's really how a lot of adoptions in those days actually. A girl, even like. these days, exactly. yeah, even in these days, like you just find a baby and you're like, oh, cute baby. We've always, <laughs> <wanted."> you know, <laughs> God has finally sent us this baby. But like at the end of
0: the day, it's like rich white people just take what they can. No, but you're right, I and mean, the thing is grieving is hard working through dreams not being achieved is difficult but there is an amount of time that i think it's appropriate and it's been 20 years like one thing if she had had her first miscarriage yesterday and then she ran into a baby today and like you get it your emotions are high your problems are killing you but at the time that she's adopting quote unquote stealing um mirabelle it's been years like you would think that she would have worked through some of the grief i'm not saying that it won't hurt anymore but she was moving extremely extremely irrational but you know what it's not even irrational that's what the system is white rich people think that they deserve everything and it's their right to claim it so in her head she's like can you imagine that this immigrant chinese woman who can't even speak english is trying to steal my baby and it's like she fully saw it that way she's like i'm rich i deserve this child
1: like, I'm just trying to think what she should have done. Like, weren't there, like, other legal ways or, like, more straightforward ways to get a baby if you really wanted to adopt? I think
0: she was, like, she did adopt the baby. Technically, oh, she was they in the process of adopting. Bad.
1: Oh, I see. Like,
0: they were in the process, you know, the baby's been living with them. She's gotten attached. And I get it. It sucks. It's hard. But you know what? This is kind of a, this talks to how adoption is, hugely unethical in the way it's actually practiced versus what it should be, which is obviously the child's needs first. This is probably a thing that will come up, come up again. This is probably a thing that will come up again in one of our other podcasts, but I have very strong feelings about adoption and how it should be ethically practiced versus reality. But um, Linda was just struggling, and I think she should have gone help. I think she should have gone therapy. I know it was the 80s, and I know a lot of places at that time would have reaffirmed her belief that being a mother would have completed her and it was the most important thing, but we need to stop pushing that message because her whole thing is that I need to have a child any means mm-hmm. possible, like. Mm-hmm. Girl. But yeah, she was mad desperate. It was not fun. It was super, super unethical. Her best friend was out here trying to bribe people and that brings me to Baby. Is that how you pronounce her name? BB. Yeah. um that brings <laughs> us to BB.
1: She is actually the biological mother of
0: Maylin. Who well, that's her name by the way, Maylane. I've been saying Mirabel for like clarity, but her baby's name is Mei Lin. Um but go ahead.
1: Yeah, and uh in the show we see how she struggled to take care of her child because she was basically earning pennies and she wasn't she just couldn't even feed this child and like it was a desperate situation that led her to ultimately leave the child like at the fire station and this just shows how hard it is to just have a child as an immigrant in like that kind of society with like little to no help capitalism everything working (laughs) against you and so it's just interesting to see like the dynamic between um of the two sides really you know like Mia was really fully on uh bb's side and uh elena was fully on linda's side you know that's my best friend she deserves this baby and you know like even years later they still maintain the fact that you know uh she wasn't a good mother they were shaming her they said that she shouldn't have left the child there um i don't know what other choice she
0: has so Um, just for a little bit of context um bb was trying to feed her baby and she couldn't it was winter they didn't have proper housing um so bb goes to the store to buy some um formula and i think she's something like 17 cents short or something it's like a tiny amount and the store owner won't give her the money oh sorry won't give her the formula without the full pay so she's freaking out her baby hasn't eaten won't stop crying she is her baby's literally freezing to death and i want to point like so is BB Like, I think sometimes we focus on, like, what was going on with Mei Lin, But Mei Lin also hadn't eaten, is also in the cold, is tired, and she's two months po- postpartum at this point. So she's out of her freaking mind. This is not a woman who's rational altogether, knowing exactly what the best path of action is. So she needs her baby in front of a fire station because that's a safe haven. You, if you drop your baby there, it'll be taken care of um she also like after she does that she like passes out and wakes up in a, whole t- uh, in a hospital gotcha. she passes out wakes up in a hospital and the first thing she does is kind of ask for her baby so literally after a little bit of time with electrolytes and a place to sleep mm-hmm. on her first thought is really? i want my baby back and i like i think that's so important because it wasn't like she waited six months and was like oh you know what i changed my mind she immediately regrets the decision that she made out of desperation to save her child's life and if that's not being a good mother and I, I don't know what is bruh so that's what happens there that's how she loses custody of her child and another thing this was in the 90s 80s I think, 80s. I think. yeah I think no. I think it's 90s because Mailing is only like two years old so it has to be 90s oh okay yeah, yeah. um so the, there is no internet for her to Google has anyone found a baby like English is her second language like she has no support she does not know where her child is so she spends the next year and a half, basically being a depressed mess who cries all the time because she's missing her child and that's how um, she eventually finds out the location of her child, which is a whole other thing. But basically, this woman wants nothing more than to be a mother to her own child. Um, And I don't think they touch it in the TV show, but in the books, the reason she's a single mom is also because her boyfriend was abusive and kind of left her. Um, So she's like struggling on so many different fronts. And none of them are, I don't want this child, I don't want this child, I don't want what's best for this child. It's, I've been put in a situation out of my control and I'm trying to do what's best. Yeah, and- literally the fact that if they just, you know, took the
1: money from the McCulloughs and given it to her, like she would be fine. Because that was their main argument in court they were basically like you know we we deserve to be her parents because you left her out there in the cold and you were earning like two dollars per hour and you, you couldn't take care of the child blah 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 and she was basically saying this is my child i carried this child for nine months you know i know i can raise her up in like my traditions i know the traditions you really don't and you don't really care to they do not even care about that that's the funny thing you gave her a different name she's clearly asian you can see that it's an asian baby and you're like no um this is this is my
0: baby she might look asian but she's spiritually white you know
1: and it's it's just funny to me that they they legit thought like that they were right in everything they were saying for one second
0: this is the thing i don't put it on them that is literally how a lot of adoption. like it's better now but a lot of adoption was once you take a child into your home they're your child their entire history identity biological links just ignore them because this is your baby and that's so problematic on so many levels that i can't even but before we delve more into kind of the racial and wealth aspects the final okay but before we dive into that let's talk about a couple more of the introductions to motherhood that these characters have um, someone i want to touch on a little bit is lexi who is the first daughter of elena um, she's a teenager she is basically the little mini Elena on the way um, <laughs> She she's dating a black um, boy which is something we'll talk about a little bit later but in terms of her journey into almost motherhood she gets pregnant and immediately realizes that this is not aligning with my mother's plans for my life this is not how things are going to go and she decides to get an abortion and you know what hallelujah congratulations I support Always. <laughs> women's rights we love it That's the last place she made a good decision. Uh, So she doesn't tell her boyfriend she's pregnant. She doesn't tell any of her friends. She doesn't tell her mom. And I specifically said friends because the only person she tells is Pearl, who is someone she doesn't see as an equal or someone she should give respect. So I will not call that a friendship. So she tells Pearl. Pearl takes her to the hospital. Um, It is the 90s. This girl could have put down anybody's name for who was getting their abortion. They didn't ask her for any ID or nothing. She's like, you know what would be funny? Let me put down my Black friend who's helping me. So she puts down Pearl's name for um, the name of the person getting the abortion. Um, She gets the abortion. She comes home. Well, she doesn't go home. She actually goes home with Pearl and stays in Mia's house. I won't talk about those aspects yet, but just the fact that she's a rich teenage white girl who finds out she's pregnant, she knows she's not ready. So she goes and gets an abortion and She's good. And I would say that out of all of the women that we talk about being mothers, Lexi is the only one who has any agency in it and gets exactly what she wants. She's not forced to be a mom when she's not ready. She's not stopped from being a mom when she wants to be. She has access based on her race and her socioeconomic status to do exactly what she needs to do without ruining or changing the plans for her life. And like Uh she's the... That's the ideal situation. Like yeah. controlling your body, controlling your future, controlling your life. She's the only one I would say that had that experience. Um And yeah, I always wonder, like if she actually came to Alina and told
1: her, would Alina
0: be her mom in that situation <laughs> or we should be like I don't think so. Oh, we'll get an abortion. I think Alina would have Taking her to get the abortion but I also think Elena would have judged her forever for like so she'd always be like you were supposed to be perfect and you weren't perfect and I hate it but I don't think she would have saddled her with a baby because she knew how that affected her own life I think she would have been like okay we're getting an abortion it's okay we can fix this we're gonna make everything perfect but she's also gonna be like oh my god you ruined my fucking plans you child so you know (laughs) just a little little gray area over there fair enough fair enough um and then that brings us to our final person who becomes a mother, and that's Elena. Um, so Elena has four kids, a rich husband, a beautiful wife, and is she happy? No! <laughs> so- All she does is wreak
1: power <laughs> in everyone's <laughs> life. And, um, but what we really wanted to talk about is, you know, how kids can know really affect your life in different ways especially when you it's unexpected and you and you don't really uh you're not really expecting it or planning for it or planning for it basically and that's what we see in her and Isis relationship um it just shows that there's so much friction there and there's so much regret in Alina's life that she just (laughs) puts her children through so much suffering i mean in her in her own way she cares in her own way she's trying to be this like picture perfect mom with a picture perfect family and all of that stuff but what she fails to understand is like your children aren't you and they're not supposed to be reflections of you so she really doesn't let these kids be themselves
0: or like just be normal (laughs) (laughs) you're totally right and that's again I think starts from how she becomes a mom she has all these dreams about how she's going to be this journalist that breaks stories and changes the world and all these things that she wants to do then she meets bill and can't stop getting pregnant i don't know if she's again like i said earlier the most fertile person who has ever lived i don't know if bill has super sperm who knows but she keeps getting knocked up and we see a little bit of that in the flashbacks where like she comes back to work after maternity leave and she's already behind you know the people that she's worked with have already done these things people are getting promoted people are moving forward and she's just stagnant swung backwards because she's having a baby and then we see that that is just amplified by a thousand when she gets pregnant for the fourth time so i guess the first time she was probably a little bit upset but she was like you know what it's okay it's fine i love my husband the second time she's like okay fine two kids is great and by three she's like okay fine this will happen again but by the time she's pregnant with izzy she's just not happy and we see her kind of talk about it with her mom a little bit and she in first she's like oh maybe you know hi, maybe i can get an abortion we shouldn't say it like that of course but her mom's just like no we don't do that and she even brings it up to her mom she talks about how you know her mom fought for reproductive rights for women and her mom's like yeah i did that for other people people like us so we don't get <laughs> we
1: don't do that <clears throat> and it's crazy because i was just thinking about how hard it must have been because we still face these struggles even in you know 2022 and there are very few companies that have like really decent like laws in terms of not laws but benefits in terms of like a maternity leave no and like carrying your kind of job and like so in those days like I can only imagine how it must have been for someone who just kept having kids like how stagnant your career would be in in that sense yeah because
0: um, think about it let's say she's pregnant for nine months with her first baby let's say she worked till month six and then three months in she stopped she took six months off she got pregnant like a year later like she was basically working for like four months every 18 months like yeah you're not progressing in your career at all and they're not taking you seriously because you're a woman but also you don't even need this job which isn't a bad thing but they know that your husband can take care of you they know that your husband is providing so like this job is like a fun hobby for you they don't know that this is your passion this is your this is the thing that wakes you up in the morning not your four kids who are crying and annoying
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> About how and i hate this thing so much I don't know who to blame, society or you know, TV shows or whatever, but I just hate how the husband was basically just like a figurehead in the situation. Like I hate how it's so easy for men to remove themselves from actually feeling like all of the uh I don't know the words. So the brunt is. of parenthood. Yeah, the brunt of parenthood. Because he was just there. <laughs> like even when uh she and Izzy butted heads, he would just come in and be like, people are causing drama so please stop you know like zero parenting ever he was just like alina stop easy stop i'm off to work you know and that was how it was throughout and even like with the fourth baby like you can clearly see that your wife is struggling and he didn't even kind of jump into help or anything and the fact that he wasn't even blamed for it in any way you know and all the kids still loved their dad and like he was a cool dad and i was just like what the
0: fuck no but you're around how did that happen (laughs) because elena so elena i think struggled with every child but particularly with izzy not just the pregnancy and wanting a child which she didn't but she had full-on postpartum depression my girl was down bad. she was holding the baby sitting down crying and thinking jesus take me now and bill was like okay honey you look great bye Bye. It's so awful, and she really didn't have anyone she could lean on. She couldn't lean on her mom, who was like, "This is your oh, job as a woman." Friend. She couldn't lean on her best friend, who was dealing with infertility. At least you have a child. <laughs> she <laughs> couldn't How dare you? She couldn't lean on her husband, who was like, "Well, we have four kids. I need to go to work. You're a woman. Deal with it." Like she yeah. was all alone. And again, when explaining the background on me and Alina specifically and why they are the way they are, it's not really a justification. It's more of an explanation. Like Izzy didn't deserve to have a mom who basically hates her, but you know, Elena didn't deserve to be in a situation where she was having a baby she didn't want and then had no support. Uh Uh It's just a shitty situation all around. And again, that really just falls into what we're talking about, how motherhood is so impactful to the way that women's lives are just, Forever changed by having a baby, by not having a baby, by having power over their reproductive choices or not—all these things just affect their future relationships and the way they view themselves and the lives that they live and their careers. Because we talk about Mia being an artist a little bit, and you know she gets to be wild and free and she takes all these photographs. But well, like Miss Han said, like that meant that she was moving from state to state with her child who had no sense of civility. Like, is that good? Ah, It's—it like, could have been worse. You know, Mia was loved and knew that she had an adult who was looking out for her, but all she wanted was a room that was hers. Like, and sometimes kids are ridiculous, don't get me wrong, Mia, not Mia, sorry, (laughs) Pearl. Sometimes she was on my last nerve, but at the end of the day, she had some right to feel the type of way. She had no information about who her father was, why they were always moving. Does she have grandparents? Like, just zero context. And because Mia is dealing with her own trauma, she's really not putting her child first in the way that she should be. And that does make her a bad mother altogether. Because in other ways, you know, she's fully looking out for her child when dealing with racism and like injustice. It's so just in this one particular way, you know, she fell flat. And I think when Missan talks about Elena in a similar way, where she loves her kids, she just doesn't know how. To see them as things separate from her because she's trying to not replicate the issues that she had and give them quote unquote the best life ever but she is screaming at Izzy about wearing cats, like she's basically also trying to make peace with the
1: way her life is right now based on the choices that she had made and she's trying to convince herself that she's happy but when the kids do something that's not in line with her perfect fairy tale story she like freaks out because she's like no i'm a good wife i'm a good husband i'm I'm sorry i have a good husband i have good kids what the fuck are you telling me because that's what she tells herself when she sleeps at night when she's like why am i not working at the new york times no, but you have a beautiful family and you have you know, like it's
0: <laughs> that's basically it. No, absolutely. And I think her conflicting feelings about being a mother show themselves in very different ways. So she's so for example, her interactions with Linda, I think, are a good example of that where it's like she feels guilty because she knows Linda wants a baby, but she and you know, and she has all these kids that she doesn't necessarily want, and it's like Part of that is why she overcompensates so hard during the trial. Like she's asking Bill to represent them. She's blackmailing Mia. She's going to um, baby, she's going to BB and offering her money. Like she's going so hard because she feels bad about the things she has in her life that she doesn't want that her best friend wants. And it's like you're not making anything better. What you do need is therapy for all of the feelings you have inside uh-huh. you. Like she goes all the way to New York and almost has an affair and she's like, you know, ha ha ha, this is okay, girl, this is not okay, you are not okay, go home to your children, so, oh we, I think we, having Elena and me as main characters is a really, really good character study on like how decisions that are kind of out of your control and things that happen to you, mm-hmm. just kind of turn you into maybe a person you wouldn't want to be because the big thing for me is also like her parents are so controlling and judgy and she doesn't want to be that for pearl but in other ways she's controlling Uh um and even if she's right eg not wanting pearl to be around this almost white supremacist family like she's not wrong for that but like she doesn't know how to convey that information to pearl because she hasn't given pearl the sense of security she needs to believe that her mom is looking out for her best interests exactly um so the two of them are really different in how they became mothers you have elena that's you know from the outside has the perfect life great husband great kids should be super happy with how everything is going and then you have mia who's a single mom who lives in a car and drives from place to place who should quote unquote be super unhappy with how her life went but the way they feel towards being mothers is so different because mia made that choice mia could have you know, given her baby mm-hmm. up to the biological father and the intended mother and kind of gone on her way. But she made a choice to quote unquote steal, I don't think it's stealing, um, but take her baby and just choose to live a harder life because, you know, if she gave that baby away, she could have gone home to her parents. She could have, you know, dealt with her grief when her girlfriend died, but she wanted to be a mom. Pearl was the most important thing in her life, not saying that it's healthy or right, but being a mom was her number one thing by choice, versus Elena, who's like, I am trapped in this prison, not of my making, but I can never leave, but I have to act like I'm happy. And I think that really, really informs the decisions they make. Yeah. All right, so that was um, us talking a little bit about motherhood and the different characters who become mothers or don't become mothers for different reasons in the show, which again, I think motherhood is probably the biggest theme. Um, But we also wanted to talk about race and socioeconomic class And how that, again, is a huge theme and affects everyone on the show in different varying levels. Um, Obviously, we're going to start with race. Um, We've already talked about that quite a bit. Um, And it's the first main thing you notice when meeting Alina and Mia, because you can't always tell if someone is rich or if someone is poor, but you can tell if someone is Black and if they're white. So let's dive right into it. Mm -hmm. So um, as we've mentioned before, Alina
1: uh, sees um, Mia and Pearl, In a car, and she automatically assumes, you know, they're homeless, they're struggling, they're poor. And (laughs) so she just so happened to have this house that she rents for like 300 bucks, which is like really cheap for, you know, the size of the house. And this is like the biggest place I'm sure Pearl has ever lived in. But, you know, it's just out of the goodness of her heart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you also see her like trying to do this white savior thing. Not trying to, she was basically doing this whole white savior thing where she's like, she's trying to get uh Mia to work for her as a maid, a maid or a house manager that's what she called it um but because she sees that Mia is trying to get a job and she wanted to work in this uh, Chinese store which she ended up still working at and she's like no no just come over for us we can pay you anything you want it's like basically giving someone money and they haven't even asked you for it or even told you that they needed money it's so funny how upset she was to find out that Mia was on the cover of New York Times and she's actually an artist who is prominent and who is trained in one of the fanciest art schools and you know she's she's not someone that was just living in a car and I, and I don't know I think uh, Bill her husband was just like I don't understand why you are so upset by this well, she took advantage of us no she didn't she was in her car and like he approached her
0: and you know like it's it's just very weird um yeah that's actually a good like so when looking at race on the show i think it's like something that they do really well is kind of like they show how covert racism can be so mm-hmm. if you ask elena she's like i am not a racist i'm a good person i voted for i'm sure she's right now one of those people who's like i voted for Obama." but she talked about you know how hip and cool she was and there are certain storylines or sentences she makes throughout the show where she thinks like she's progressive i would not say liberal because they give really strong like republican vibes but definitely progressive Uh um but it shows itself in so many little ways even things like so lexi's boyfriend is black which we mentioned
1: so lexi has a black boyfriend who is very much who very much knows that he's black you know and he also knows that his girlfriend has a family who is um how do i put this (laughs) who doesn't see color and that's the best way i can put it and he he tries to distance himself from you know interacting with them and rightfully so but every now and then Lexi like drags him over like to to kind of have dinner and you can just tell from their conversations like she is the kind of person that would be like oh my god you're so tall you should play basketball or like something weird like that and so when Pearl started hanging out with the family she makes this comment where she's like oh my god you guys would have so much in common and I'm just like
0: how do you know? um like that's actually a good example so like when Elena makes that comment Pearl doesn't say anything and like Lexi's boyfriend kind of makes a snotty remark that oh like you know we like bug things and Pearl is like oh like why would you say them because Pearl is so desperate to be part of this family Mm -hmm. but like Lexi's boyfriend is very aware of the regular microaggressions that happen at this family's dinner table and how Elena really thinks because even when they break up when Lexi and her boyfriend break up like Elena kind of makes a comment about like, well, you know, you weren't going to end up with him anyway, so why are you so upset? I totally forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, like, it's it's kind of when, you know, she's recovering from the miscarriage as well. But like, Elena's just happy that her husband, her, sorry, Elena's just happy that her daughter isn't going to have a permanent Black boyfriend, like, and go into college with that. And it's those little things, and I say little in comparison to like shooting someone for being Black. It's not a little thing, because you're raising your kids with this mindset. And I really like the addition of Lexi's boyfriend, because even when um, Lexi does microaggressions, for example, stealing um, Pearl's paper, he's really upset. He's like, you can't steal a story about racism, and she cannot comprehend why what she's done is bad. And I think it's really good for us to have a character other than Mia, who's Black, that's going there's something not right about this family, because Mia's flawed, and Le- Mia has her own hang-up, so it can be mm-hmm. easy to kind of be like, oh, maybe this is just Mia, but if a young, basically, child, because at the end of the day, he's a teenager, if he's going, I don't feel safe and comfortable with these white people, they make me feel a for being black, you know it's something that should be interrogated a little bit more.
1: Yeah, and it also shows, basically, how, how Lexi thinks, and just how the entire family thinks, because they start to talk about things like diversity quotas, and how, like, you yeah. can't even rightfully get into university anymore you have to have some sort of struggle story which led her to actually stealing someone else's pearls experiences that helped she ended up getting into yale or Harvard or one of these schools and it's so funny that she really thinks that that is the only way and it's interesting how she couldn't just think of an original story about her own experience even if you believe that you have to write about your struggles that just means that you have no struggle to write about and the fact that she can't even like appreciate See that, that or even appreciate that that is insane to me like that is absolutely crazy to me she's like no 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 but i have to steal this like she really thought that that was the only way and i don't i don't know i think she was a bright kid in school yeah, like, she, had she had good grades and everything so all you had to do was to write like you could have
0: written about like your struggles with your mom or like i don't know struggles with being like the no but you, you know what anything. it's part of it's it's part of racist rhetoric that minorities and people of different backgrounds have preferential treatment um, and like no. oh because they're black they get treated better because they're women they get treated better and because that's a little bit of what elena and bill believe and they bring it into the household lexi's like taking all this stuff and then she's like oh yeah like people who are different from me who aren't rich and who aren't white have harder life but it gives them better rewards so I have to try and take a little bit of it Like that
1: is crazy you already have everything that like, you want to take a little bit from someone who has less than you that is insane, that's insane to me
0: Like and, <laughs> and it's just, just funny because out of like considering what she does le- later with putting Pearl's name down for the abortion somehow soon the essay suddenly isn't that bad because she's put Pearl's like I mean again things weren't digitized then to God be the absolute glory but like all it takes is someone Finding that like piece of paper and genuinely believing that pearl, this new black girl who has moved from city to city that has no father figure and is probably promiscuous, has gone pregnant and had an abortion. And again, to be very clear, there's nothing wrong with an abortion. We're very supportive of that, and there shouldn't be any stigma attached to it. Unfortunately, there is, especially in the '90s, especially if you're a teenager being raised especially by a single mom, a black. Exactly. exactly. So, like doing like that was something that could really, really tangibly hurt Pearl's life and future and she did not think about it in a second because Pearl was someone to be discarded and not to be thought of in her actions and that's the kind of like thoughtless, awful behavior that Elena has kind of just put in her kids because even when she was having Pearl over, you know, it was still this is the maid's daughter, you know you don't really see her as someone that deserves the same respect that your kids deserve because they're white and rich. Exactly. Um, But before moving on from race, I know we've really talked about racism, (laughs) which of course is horrible, but there's also just how being different races makes their lives all different. And I th- we have a couple of white main characters, we have a couple of Black characters, and then we have one Asian main character, and all of their lives are directly impacted by their race. So obviously you can be poor and white or rich and Black, because when we find out about Mia's Black story, it's not that her parents are poor, they're just strict, and then she ran away. It was a very teenager thing to do, but that's not the point. Um, she has Black parents who are not supportive of her liberal dreams, which is okay it is what it is, they don't want to send you to art school, don't think you need it to run away but that's fine. <laughs> um, but they also have very different cultural expectations, although not that different, because something as simple as Mia's parents not wanting her to go to her brother's funeral because she's black, I could easily see Elena's mom doing that kind of thing, like, if, yeah. like there are similarities that are based on how you perceive the people who are lesser than you and being an unwed pregnant teenager is something shameful, both to the black community and the white community in this sense. But then there are other things that like, just how Mia's perceived, people see her and assume that maybe she's not that talented or she's not that smart, or the reason she's struggling is cause she did dumb things. Or even there are assumptions about how she's pregnant. Like everyone just assumes she got knocked up and abandoned, but she fully consensually yeah. agreed to be a surrogate. Should she have? No, but that's not what people think when they see her. And again, we see that with Bibi, who, a big part of the reason that they don't want her to have a baby is absolutely the fact that she has no money, but also because she's Asian and speaks broken English. And you see that with how Linda treats her adopted child who she tries to whitewash from the beginning. She changes her name to Mirabelle, she doesn't know which Asian country she's from, and is just throwing everything at the board when celebrating her. She doesn't respect her Asian background or heritage and she just thinks you know white is best and if i raise this little asian baby like she's white everything will be okay no she's gonna have a lot of internalized shit she's gonna have to deal with so oh they don't care about that oh no they have their shiny little baby and that's all (laughs) you're right she gets to be like i'm a mom so it doesn't matter how you ruin this child but like race is such a huge thing and it's just even when it's not implicitly mentioned or someone isn't necessarily sending you away because of your skin color the way these characters lives are lived are entirely based on their race and I think we can even see that slightly with Jesse's character and his wife where it's like they just went to get a surrogate which they shouldn't have done but they didn't even seem to bother with adoption and that's the thing like if you're a rich white family you're more likely to adopt a baby than if you're a rich black family because it wasn't like Jesse's character didn't have money they just figured it would be easier to grow a baby Than to adopt one versus the McCulloughs, where they're like, "Yeah, we're just going to steal a baby, call it out, and the judge is going to rule in our favor." Which is
1: exactly what—that's what happened.
0: happened. So it's it's really really frustrating to see how. I mean, things are better now. We're twenty years on; things are slightly better, slightly, slightly. Yeah, but it's it's really frustrating that like there is no recourse for the way that people assume your life is going to be or should be because of your race is affecting your actual real life.
1: Yeah, and it just leads into like
0: adoption and like everything that happens around it
1: i don't think people really understand the kind of identity crisis it causes in your children like especially if they have no idea where they're from or like it's just something that's like swept under the rug never like they're just supposed to be grateful that you picked them out you know without us you know you would have frozen (laughs) to death or something and that's just like what your entire life is and you know they get very like uh, i would say hurt ish when like they find out you know that the child has been like googling They, they trying hurt. to find who their real parent
0: is and, like, and they, they is a generalized term obviously there are some great adoptive parents right there yeah. but there are a lot of people who act like they own their children and you know what it's not just adoptive parents because biological parents do it too yeah. i just think with adoptive parents there's an additional layer of fear that you can quote unquote lose your child with the fact that they have other parents but and that's understandable like that is the fear is understandable but the fear needs to be worked on like it's yeah. on the adoptive parents to deal with their shit, and not for the adopted child to grow up with all this baggage because your parents didn't deal with it and that's why i am team bb <laughs> <laughs> she look she took the baby and some might call it kidnapping. I call it what's the word? It, it was right. Is all I have to say. She was reclaiming her time. She was reclaiming her child. Her child. <laughs> like, that was restitution. <laughs> it was her child, and it was what's best for her at the end of the day. And again, not to minimize what Linda's going through, but like she wasn't in the right, and if. If BB was white or if she was wealthier, if either of those things were different, she would have gotten her baby back and it sucks that she didn't because she was a poor immigrant. And I like that the show kind of highlighted that. Um, But yeah, the race aspect, is it just shows itself in different things, even when um, Pearl is trying to get into a math class, advanced math, because she's really smart, um, and the school counselor is kind of like, we're going to keep you at your level because she just assumes that she's dumb because she's moved from school to school and she's Mm -hmm. Black, and it takes a white woman, Elena, stepping in for Pearl to get access to the education that she needs, but it's like, why should a child have to fight that hard to get access mm-hmm. to better education it's just such garbage
1: yeah and can we talk about pearl and elena's relationship because i found that very interesting um i wasn't sure if it was because um she, of the way she grew up or the way she lived and like all the things that she lacked that she was so drawn to elena as opposed to her mom because she it, it it became a thing where like she kept like leaning towards elena for everything that her mom lacked or like that she thought that her mom lacked basically and she's like oh why can't you just be more like elena she she lets me have all these things and you know she, she's so nice and elena loved it she ate that shit up so much she was like yes can we switch you have Izzy,
0: i have her but I, <laughs> you know I get it though like i don't get it like i condone it but to elena through her screwed up eyes Izzy, not Izzy's. Yeah, Izzy has been funny with me since the day she was concepted. conceived. Conceived? Conceived. <laughs> since the day she was conceived. And now there's a child right about her age who loves me and wants to do the things I want. And I didn't even give birth to her, so this is evident that I'm a good mom. If Mm -hmm. another child can come into my household and be like, you're a good mom, then the problem isn't me. me. It's Izzy. Izzy is the little demon child. And that's really the high that Alina was feeding off, especially because she hates Mia. So Mia's child being like, you're better, gave her everything that she needed to feel good about herself. And with me, um, with Pearl, it's the same thing where it's like, she, she was seeing a rich family, which I think the money was definitely part of it, but some of it was just, from the outside, it's like four siblings who love each other, and they have a present dad, and like Aww. they do Christmas cards, and it's a sense of family and whole, stability. and stability right. in Exactly, and it's easy for her to yearn for that, because even little things, like when she wanted a bike, and she got a bike, and Mia's like, absolutely the fuck no, nah. she built her a I'm bike. I'm gonna build you
1: a bike, I am bogged to build it, you don't <laughs> see my
0: art <eyes> studio. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things that from Mia's perspective she's like okay i don't trust elena i don't trust Richard- richardson's i don't want my kids to collect things from them i feel indebted yeah. to them um so i'm going to do something so my child doesn't feel left out exactly but pearl is seeing, oh my mom doesn't want me to hang out with my friends or have this good experience and she's making me a vibe which is going to look weird and i'm going to stand out mm-hmm. from the other kids and it's just kids being kids and i you know i don't fault her but it's those those little things yeah. that have pearl going oh my god things are so weird with alina her kids get you know brand new bags mm-hmm. i would want my, mia's bike though i know
1: it was so nice it was so sweet. She, she, she worked on it like, <laughs> um, but yeah and there was also this whole dress thing that you know lexi got had this fancy dress to go to the prom and like uh i think mia got upset about it because she didn't tell her and to be honest like i think mia would have bought her that dress if she really wanted it you know like if she came out and was like hey mom like i need a dress for prom like i mean she would have sewn the dress <laughs> <laughs> i don't
0: know she have so, you know what i said no. but like <laughs> no like you, even if she was going to sew it the thing is me no pearl doesn't feel comfortable coming to mia to make requests that are financial because she knows yeah. they don't have money and that's mia's fault yeah because you do have money you're using it for other things but you could help your child feel less like you're poor and struggling not that there's anything wrong with being poor but Pearl clearly feels a type of way and you're not addressing it in a healthy way instead you're trying to force her not to be friends with people that make her feel good because like did she have any other friends at the school it was just the Richardsons and like even things like Mia being the maid at the Richardson's household is like now pearl has to like everyday see like yeah we are not on the same level exactly moral of the story is therapy for everyone
1: (laughs) because honestly like there was no reason like for mia to kind of withhold pearl's background story from her and the fact that she had to find out from elena was a whole other thing because now it's like oh so you actually have access to what fifteen thousand dollars or how much did she sell like i feel like it was
0: like fifty thousand or something yeah this like ridiculous it amount
1: ridiculous of, money. of money and we are living like this like we literally i literally had to beg you to buy bread for me that was the first <laughs> scene where like she really wanted this bread and she stared at it and the mom was like oh yeah you can add it and she was like oh thank you mom. like only for her to find out that there was this like you can just sell a painting and get this amount of money like that is insane and i feel like if she had work through her feelings like you can't keep having nightmares about like your child being snatched away from you and then just keeping things away from your child
0: at that level because at the end of the day you are going to be the villain to her like and like, the thing is, I get why she was keeping the painting. It was like, in case they get found, she wants money to pay for her own lawyer. But again, that's just trauma speaking. You mm-hmm. had your, your kid is about to be 18, illegal adults, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, what's her plan that when she turned into an adult, she was going to tell her the truth? Maybe. And you know what? Fine, don't tell her about the surrogacy, but tell her all the other stuff. Tell her about your brother who you love that died. Mm-hmm. Tell her about your living, actual parents mm-hmm. who you haven't spoken to in years. Like Pearl could have a relationship with her grandparents with never finding out about the like surrogate father yeah. or her biological dad it was just like a lot of poor choices that led to that um but yeah that's kind of a little bit about what was going on in that arena and how all these years of ugh, whatever has pearl feeling a type of way about her mom and like looking at this glamorous life that the richardson's have and wanting to be a part of that and that really ties into the wealth aspects the class aspects look, there's no way to sugarcoat this. Being rich makes life better. We all want it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and we really see that with the Richardsons and the McCulloughs where they're wealthy and in theory they get everything they want because of their money. I mean, somebody's house burns down and somebody's baby gets stolen and those are things that money couldn't have control for um, versus, you know, BB and Mei Ling and Pearl and Mia where they don't have that much money and it clearly affects everything. Like, is working three jobs and building bicycles and Elena's just kind of like, you know not be fun? Let me fly to New York today. So, you know, they, they're living very different lives. And it's just as impactful as the racial aspect. So we wanted to really talk about those two themes that we see throughout the show and the houses they live in. Like, mm-hmm. Bibi was living yeah. in an empty room. What I really loved about the show in general is that it, it was very
1: layered and it was done in a really, really good way. I personally didn't read, read the books, but men are read the book.
0: I read a little bit of the Oh, okay. so I was gonna be
1: mad. Oh. <laughs> I didn't read the books, so it was just a fresh TV show for me. And I just liked how real it was. And you can clearly see that every character is flawed in their own way. And it was entertaining, it was very well done. And kudos to them, I guess. Acting on point. <laughs> One hundred look,
0: um Elena screaming, Yes, you are best amazing. If if we can
1: can insert the we'll just look a clip right here
0: for you to see for you
1: to see because that scene was <laughs> chef's kiss chefs kiss. and I just love the way it ended with you know just where is easy is she alive is she dead where is she going? You know like it, it had it all potential I like that it was a limited series because I feel like if they made a season two, Like that's where they would have made certain decisions I wouldn't have liked in general
0: So I just love how it ended. Absolutely 100% agree. I also like that this one sounds so petty and I don't give a fuck I love that me and Pearl get a happy ending where they love each other and they're gonna work through their shit And Alina's kids burn her house down and one of them runs away. Who knows? Right, okay, but but that is a happy ending for them because because at that point,
1: Elena realizes that she is the problem, and she owns up and she says she burned her house down. I mean, what she did. Where is the lie? <laughs> I don't see it. She you she burned her house down because you drove all your kids crazy. <laughs> she burned your house
0: down. Um, what happened with the husband? Oh, well, oh, he. he... Like he's gonna come back, like he just wasn't there when they oh, burned the left. house down. Oh. Like he was mad, and you know, the kids decided to burn the house out at midnight. They're just like, Mom is evil, <laughs> like
1: it's burn this shit down. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I really like how it ended for them, and hopefully, that makes Elena do some like self
0: reflection, introspection. <laughs> Change could it the, be me? Am I the
1: problem. problem?
0: You know, am I the villain? <laughs> um But no, it was really, really good. And if you haven't watched it and you don't care about all the many, we spoiled the whole entire show for you, girl. But if you want to watch the show still, please do. It's fantastic. It's one of the shows that Reese Witherspoon's company made into a show because she liked the book. She yes. has been killing it lately. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. Um, but yes, watch it. Fantastic. Kerry Washington always kills it. She even does the lip thing a little bit. If you're a Scandal fan, so look out for that. Um, but yeah, this is probably one of like our heavier i feel like this was kind of a yeah, little bit serious heavy, yeah. yeah there was a lot of us talking about these are the ills of the world <laughs> um, i promise a lot of our conversations are way chiller much happier less consequential in the real world so please tune in and if you do like the serious aspects we'll be doing that as well so let us know what you think we should talk about or what we should watch and review but, yeah and thank you for listening yeah thank you <laughs>